if I don't laugh at someone's joke, it's just because my internet is delayed and I hadn't heard it yet. Not that it's not funny. It's okay. I know I'm not funny. (laughs) I'm hilarious and I expect you to laugh at all of my jokes, even if you don't hear them. Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown adults revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. And, like, it's pretty chill this episode, because we didn't have to read Twilight or Midnight Sun, but we're still going to talk about it. Uh. (laughs) Why? Why why did we do this to ourselves? (laughs) And not only did we finish the books and be like, wow, what a relief. Now we better keep talking about them. (laughs) Yep. You know, just prolonging it. Which was our own choice. (laughs) So since we don't have to go into a summary of either book, since by this point, I think we remember what happened. Yeah. Should we maybe introduce ourselves first? Oh, yeah. That's where we're supposed to do first. Yep. (laughs) It's totally thrown me off that we aren't reading these books. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Well, I'm one of the hosts, and I am Sophie, and I have a randomly generated YA title for today, and mine is... The Cat of Bone and the Internet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which, you know, kind of cool, I guess. That's like some sort of YA contemporary, right? Yeah. Or like <laughs> urban fantasy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does the cat do magic with the bone? Oh, I thought the cat was made of bone. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's also what I assumed. And it's like, you know, the sidekick. Yeah, the yeah. familiar. Hmm. Anyway, what about you guys? Who are you? (laughs) My name is Sam, and my YA title of today is The Semester of Knights and the Universe. And that's knights with a K, as in my knight in shining armor. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. That changes things. Yeah. Like, a semester, like, school? Apparently, a semester of nights in the universe. So I'm assuming this is a YA fantasy, a la yep. dark academia, mm-hmm. with uh-huh. a YA female protagonist getting swept away by a knight in shining armor, and then they discover the multiverse and oh. sure. travel through the multiverse. Okay. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's my theory. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah. Cool. Good. It sounds, the honestly, the title sounds more like, you know, what are the sections within a book? Like, yeah. not the title of the book, oh, yeah. but it's like the second section. Part yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Part two would be the semester of nights. Hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that you said. <laughs> the universe. The multiverse. Yeah. Multiverse. Wow. What about you, the third person on our podcast? Yeah, third person. (laughs) Hello, I'm the third person. My name is Hannah, and my randomly generated YA title for today is A Ghost of Thorns and Fun. Oh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Just a fun ghost. Yeah. (laughs) Fun ghost with thorns who just wants to have fun, but his thorns are scary. Some kind of plant ghost? Oh, a plant ghost. Of all the plants we've murdered? Oh, it's like the Pokemon. Oh. There's a tree Pokemon 
ghost. It's a grass ghost yeah. type in the new one. Or Trevenant, maybe... right? It's an old Yeah. Well, yeah. What, is that Gen 5? I don't remember. I don't know either. I just know I have one. I think I'm too Catholic for this because I see a ghost of thorns and I'm like, ah, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know how much fun Jesus had. He was a pretty serious kind of fellow, but yeah, maybe that's what like the whole story is about. How in his afterlife, Jesus is yeah. going to have a cool time. Oh, you know what? This is an Easter story because you have there. the ghost of Jesus and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Easter is fun, you guys. Is okay? Easter fun? <laughs> Easter is fun. Okay. There's like eggs. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> Before I get excommunicated. Yeah, so we figured we'd uh, do like a recap of all of our feelings mm-hmm. <laughs> about these books. Because we had a lot of them. We did. Clearly, since we talked for 25 hours. <laughs> oh my god. That's embarrassing. <laughs> if you think Don't about it. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, it's more. <laughs> it's mm. way more. Nope, I refuse to think about it. Sam and I saw each other in person for the first time like a couple weeks ago <laughs> since the pandemic. It, like two months ago by the time yeah, this comes out. <laughs> true. And literally half the time we spent talking about Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, um, I, I don't think know. It, I think it was my boyfriend's fault. I'm pretty sure he brought something up because he had just listened to like the last edit of the last episode with us or with me. Oh, yeah. And mm. I'm pretty sure he brought something up about my Venom theory. Uh, hashtag mm-hmm. Team Wet. Nope. And- nope. <laughs> it's his fault. Yeah. It's his fault. I like blaming him for things because he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as we don't blame one of the three people here. Oh, uh, yeah. It's his fault. <laughs> it's his fault. He can only be mad at you, Sam. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I'm the one who always brings him up, too. Oops. <laughs> well fair <laughs> love does funny things to you guys mm-hmm. anyways like uh make you talk about twilight <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. go on a date in the woods with a vampire and then oh yeah <laughs> get back on track <laughs> meet his family all within three days you know after he was an asshole to you for two weeks or whatever <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so let's start maybe by, before we get into how much we are angry, <laughs> let's okay. talk about maybe like a recap of how we felt about Twilight in the Twilight era, because mm-hmm. obviously we all had like a different experience with Twilight, <laughs> and mm-hmm. we can compare it to how we feel now, which I'm sure is not at all different. No. <laughs> we did talk about this in our yeah prologue episode. But um, that was last year, and we were all nervous and perhaps a little bit drunk. <laughs> Plus, like, maybe we had forgotten a lot of things about Twilight and yeah. all the ephemera around it. Yeah, yeah. imagine. I'm not naming any names. <laughs> imagine if someone had forgotten maybe the whole thing. Imagine. I wonder who that was. <laughs> I guess I'll go first, as the person who probably remembered the most about Twilight. Uh-huh. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I I read Twilight before New Moon came out. I read Twilight like pretty much when Twilight came out and then was I don't know, nonplussed about yeah. everything that followed, but I did read all the books <laughs> and watch all the movies. But yeah, I wasn't super into Twilight at the time. Obviously, I was a 
ambivalent Team Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> and now you are so into Twilight. And now I'm, wow. I'm so into Twilight and I'm Team Bella. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I also wrote, uh, as was mentioned in a previous <laughs> episode, I wrote some Twilight fan fiction, but it was literally after New Moon and it was that Bella <laughs> got over Edward. Good. And- that was the whole fan fiction. <laughs> that seems like a good, yeah, good plot line. Yeah. Uh, so that's the summary of my Twilight experience. How about you guys? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I think I've... <laughs> I've already alluded to mine, but I guess so. I used to love Twilight. We all know this. I uh-huh. used to be on a Twilight YouTube channel. I read mm-hmm. Twilight in grade ten. <laughs> I think Eclipse was already out, yeah. And then I went to the midnight release of Breaking Dawn. I was irrevocably uh-huh. mm-hmm. in love with the series. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. Did yeah. you maybe own, like, any clothes or mm-hmm. I mean, anything? There's no proof that it ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, yeah, so no, definitely no. <laughs> There's definitely not a t-shirt somewhere out in the world or the multiverse where I am photoshopped on that t-shirt marrying Edward Cullen. Like that would be that would be ridiculous. You uh-huh. know what the best thing about the multiverse is? Is that there's <laughs> yeah. one universe where Sam still owns that shirt yep. and is wearing it right now. Mm-hmm. Oh no. I hope to meet that Sam. I don't. Yeah, I wish I was in that multiverse. <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> Anyways, Hannah, how about you? Yeah, as for me, I think I'm somewhere in between the two of you. I also didn't read Twilight until Eclipse had come out. I got the first three as a boxed set. I do remember people talking about how good Twilight was and because I was and am a dirty little hipster I refused to read it based on the fact that it was super popular for like a couple years and then I read it and I was like oh damn this is actually pretty good so I thoroughly (laughs) enjoyed the series I read it many times I was not as like fanatical as (laughs) some people I could mention I do have hardcover copies of all of the books as well as the short second life of Brie Tanner which was like the companion novella to Eclipse yeah did you guys did you guys watch all the movies in theaters yes I went to the midnight release of Twilight I think yeah I don't think I went to any midnight releases but I had a couple friends in high school who are really into it so we would go to them together I remember one lady which movie was it I think it might have been the first one. Oh, yeah, because I, I didn't see Breaking Dawn in theaters because that came out when I was in university and I had better things to do. Yeah. yeah. But I think with Twilight the first, my two friends and I were like chatting in the very, very packed theater. It was like opening weekend, I think, before the movie started. And this lady who might be might have been about the age we are now, so like late 20s, maybe early 30s, like turned around and said, like, are you going to talk the whole time? And we were like, the previews haven't (laughs) even started yet. I was like, no, we're going to watch the movie. (laughs) Yeah. When the movie starts. But she was so mad. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) We were all fans when it was like age appropriate, but there was a whole demographic of like Twilight moms. That scares me. 
Yeah, having read it now as an adult, that's a little weird to me. Yeah. I mean, as long as they weren't recommending it to teens, I I don't think there's harm in them thinking it's great for them. I definitely don't think it's harmful. I just think it's, I guess I just question why they liked it when they were so far outside the demographic that it's intended for. And it's like clearly not actually a very good book. Yep. Well, we'll get into that after we talk about (laughs) how we feel about the books now. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we have only read Twilight and Midnight Sun. Though, like, no joke, I had a moment after we finished recording the last episode and I was like, man, we finished Twilight. I nearly opened New Moon. (laughs) I really (laughs) want to read New Moon now. I was like, I really want to just reread this. (laughs) Yeah. Which, like... What a compelling book <laughs> to make me almost do that. That That's a good point. Even while we were reading Twilight, there were a couple moments where we were like, I really kind of just wanted to read the next Twilight chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we'll get into that later. But yeah, just to talk, we keep, we're, listen. We're going in we circles. We know we're going in circles and all we do is do tangents in the normal episode so when we break from that structure (laughs) it's just chaos so anyway we thrive in chaos i thrive in chaos i don't i (laughs) i tested very poorly in uh flexibility and stress management (laughs) on a recent personality test that i did (laughs) you know having worked with you i think i could have guessed that (laughs) (laughs) really (laughs) yeah Anyway, <laughs> back on track. Current opinions. Yes. Go, everybody. Okay, at the same time. No. Uh, well, no. I. That's <laughs> well, chaos. Hold on. Coming back to Twilight and reading Midnight Sun for the first time, obviously, is not the intended way to read these books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I still, there were some good things about Twilight. Like I said, I wanted to keep reading it at certain points. It's an easy read. It's like quick, snappy, you know, there's Mm -hmm. like stuff happens really quickly. And I Mm -hmm. was, you know, enjoying parts of it. But I mean, all of the, I think that all of the criticism that was leveled at Twilight is still deserved. And Mm -hmm. so many parts of it made me so uncomfortable to read. Even as an adult who like knows what these things are now. It's like, man, just putting this out into the, teen world yeah Yeah. no good so like i i don't think i like twilight as much (laughs) as i liked it before which was somewhere in the middle ground (laughs) (laughs) and i really didn't like midnight sun again there were some parts that were cool but i really didn't like midnight sun how about you sam i mean i i was fully obsessed so like it could really only go down from, <laughs> down from that like i agree with you sophie i think twilight on its own is a quick ya read that you can just kind of dissociate from and just kind of read and be fine with there's obviously problems and criticisms which are all fair and as an adult i am now aware of whereas a teenager I would have told you you're wrong. Twilight is a masterpiece and it's the masterpiece <laughs> of literature ever mm-hmm. created. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but now, now I just, I think back to my Twilight days and I 
I cringe slightly, but I don't know. Reading it again though, I I liked Bella better. I I don't I didn't remember Bella being, I guess, as sassy and like standing up for herself as much as she actually did. So that was mm-hmm. like a nice reminder. Mm-hmm. And then as far as Midnight Sun goes, I did read the ten chapters that got leaked because I am a horrible. <laughs> person but that's fine don't pirate your books guys it's bad yeah i've never done that yep um but (laughs) and i remember loving it because edward is the best to 16 year old 17 year old sam Mm -hmm. yeah i honestly if it was not for this podcast i would not have gotten past like i think chapter three or four (laughs) like that was yeah that book is horrible i just i can't so I had something else to say, but my brain has malfunctioned. So Hannah, do you want to take it over? You uh, started thinking about Midnight Sun <laughs> and all other thoughts just went away in a haze of frustration. Yep. I, I filmed a TikTok today <laughs> and I had it like my bookcase and Midnight Sun is on my top shelf and I had to move it because I was like, I'm, <laughs> no, it can't be here. It can't it be can't in be the in shot. It. No. Don't even want to look at this. Yeah, so. I judge book talk people who have Midnight Sun visible. I'm like, get that out of here! Absolutely <laughs> out of here! I don't want to see it. No, done. As for me, I mean, you guys kind of covered my current Twilight opinions. Shockingly, after spending 25 hours together discussing <laughs> Twilight, uh, our opinions have kind of coalesced <laughs> and are very similar. Yeah. So what they said, but also. I didn't read it critically at all as a kid. I Mm -hmm. just kind of enjoyed it for what it made me feel, which to be fair is also still how I read books. I I know a lot of people get enjoyment out of critical analysis, but outside of the context of this podcast, I am definitely like an emotional reader and I like books based on how they make me feel. So like sad mostly? (laughs) I do like books that make me sad. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to Rosaria Munda who made me cry three times in Flamefall. Yep. <laughs> it was great. My heart is broken. I had dreams about it last night. Um, what were we talking about? Twilight? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was busy thinking about Annie Sorella, <laughs> yep. who is the light of my life right now. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, Twilight. I also liked Bella a lot more this time around and was able to like pick out more of an actual character because I didn't remember her having a character at all yeah and you know she does have a little bit more of a personality Edward's personality is a lot worse than I remember it being you know <laughs> yeah I also had something else to say but now I'm thinking about Flamefall and I, I it's gone Midnight Sun listen you know how we, <laughs> you know how we feel about midnight sun it's terrible like the it's almost like the book was written really well yeah but yeah. i just hate edward so much yeah. yeah i do think in terms of the writing it is structurally structurally better but it's so overly purple in places that it's like you should have edited this yep I, I definitely see where all of it came in, but it was so repetitive in a lot of places that it's like, you did not need to make this book this long. It's like, yep. what is it, like 200 something pages longer than Twilight? And it did not have to be. Nope. Yeah. 
if it had added a lot more new content to justify that length, I would have been totally down with it. But the fact that it is almost the exact same content and there are only a few new scenes added and it is 200 pages longer than the original is ridiculous, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I do think, I know I've said this before, but since we're summarizing, it's worth reiterating. Mm -hmm. I think I would have enjoyed both Twilight and Midnight Sun more in this, like, reading as an adult if I had been able to just kind of, like, binge through them and not do them one chapter at a time and have to, like, stop and think about every chapter. <laughs> yeah. This is certainly yeah. not a book that stands up well to <laughs> critical analysis, as you, <laughs> the listener, may have noticed through the last 25 hours of us devolving into, like, venom-based <laughs> insanity. <laughs> so I, I, I do want to read it again in, like, a year or so when I can just sit through and, like, read it over the course of a weekend and see how I feel about it then. But right now I don't like it. See, that's, like, wild. I can't even think yeah. of rereading it. Because I remember every, like, day before the, we recorded and reading it, like, I had to slog through those chapters. Yeah, like, same. it <laughs> was not enjoyable for me. Because, like, he, like, Edward just goes on and on and on. And I am a melodramatic person. Like, <laughs> I am an overthinker. I understand. But <laughs> it was just... It was so much for me. So, like, I can't even imagine rereading this book. And it's, like, I genuinely think if I had just been reading this for enjoyment, I wouldn't have finished it. And it would have just been a one-star read for me. But because I finished the entire book, I can't give it one star. I have to give it two stars because <laughs> I read the whole thing. But, like, trust me, deep in my soul, mm -hmm. this is, ew, I would have DNF'd it. <laughs> I feel pretty comfortable having rated it two stars. That seems like the right spot for me personally. That's good. Yeah. I I almost feel like Midnight Sun suffers from the fact that Stephanie Meyer was trying to make it something that you could read conceivably if you hadn't read Twilight. Yeah. Yes. Right? Because she includes the entire Twilight plot yeah. as the structure of the book. And so, like, she has to work around these, like, massive chunks mm -hmm. that obviously don't suit the style of her writing now. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I almost feel like if she just, you know, committed and been like, whoever is reading this book knows Twilight back to front, yeah. upside down, yeah. in and out, you know? And then just hand-waved a lot of what was in Twilight or summarized it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or skipped entire sections. Yeah. And then focused more on like, yeah, what was the vampire family doing? What was, you know, Edward actually thinking about certain things instead of, yeah. as we've said a million times, like in Twilight, it said he frowned. And then in Midnight Sun, it yep. said he frowned because he was angry. And it's like, that doesn't help. That's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, I can remember off the top of my head one scene right near the beginning of the books where the conversation between Bella and Edward isn't just like copy paste a dialogue. Yeah, There's yeah. one where she will she summarizes part of the dialogue in Twilight and then includes whatever is important for like the actual Twilight plot line. And then in Midnight Sun she does it the opposite way where the conversation they have in Twilight that is like more relevant to Bella's story is just kind of summarized in prose. And then she adds more dialogue between Bella and Edward as they're getting to know each other that was kind of hand waved away in Twilight. And yeah. that 
is good. There should have been more of that. I wish we there had, had been such more of high that. hopes. I agree. After that, I I'm re-listening. I'm re-listening <laughs> oh, to a yeah. lot of the episodes, and that episode, I just listened to it, and we're like, man, I hope the rest of the book is like this. This was <laughs> awesome, and it's like, <laughs> it's like chapter eight. <laughs> oh my god! If only we knew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sophie's preparing for something fun for our next episode, doing all of these re-listens. So make sure you tune yeah. in to the next one. I think it's going to be even more fun, dare I say, than this one. <laughs> I'm it's really be... excited. It's going to be good. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> I know. Yep. This episode is our best so far. It involves me listening to everything at like three times speed, which is just <laughs> wild. <laughs> I'm getting through it real fast. Well, how do we sound at three times speed? Uh, a lot more concise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet our yeah. collective tendency to giggle is just <laughs> incredibly obnoxious at three times, huh? <laughs> oh, man. It goes by real quick, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have a game to play this episode, though. Oh. If you guys oh. are down. Okay. Always. A fun like games. Twilight game. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're going to play the... <laughs> The Twilight Analytics game. No. <laughs> oh. No. It's basically just like a quiz. <laughs> I didn't <Yeah>. study. <laughs> just for some fun Twilight facts. Hold okay. on. I feel at a bit of a disadvantage given that I have like <laughs> issues remembering numbers for longer than about 10 minutes. And Sam is a data scientist with a <laughs> statistics degree. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being set up to fail here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Carry on. Let's do it. <laughs> Not all of them are numbers. Only most of them. <laughs> oh, well, that's comforting. <laughs> We're going to start with not an easy one, but the big one, which is how many copies do you think since oh. the books came out has the Twilight series as a whole sold? Oh it is on the list of best-selling books of all time. Oh, wow. And it is not very far down. <laughs> a couple million? Two or three million? I'm going to go a billion. The Twilight oh. series as a whole. How about I give you some surrounding data? Okay. Okay. So of the top grossing... Well, do you want to guess what the top grossing series of all time is of any book? Top grossing series. Yeah, Harry Potter. Oh. Uh, one of those like giant epic fantasy ones, maybe. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones or like Dune or is it Wheel of Time that everyone? Oh. Likes? I mean, you're gonna be mad. No, it's super obvious. So it's not Harry Potter. It's not Harry Potter. It, oh, did Sam say Harry Potter? Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I missed. Yeah, that. Okay. it is Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I said Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter is 500 million copies. Ah. Okay, see, so yeah, of this the series, context is and good. that is like number yes. one of all time. Okay, so like, so five hundred million is top. Three hundred fifty million, ish. Um, two hundred and eighty-five million. Dang, you were both too high. Oh, <laughs> the Twilight series, all the books sold one hundred and sixty million copies. Dang, that's which so is many. still a lot. <laughs> That's still a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What place is it in? It is in 14th place. Oh, wow. Some of the series that are above it are obviously Harry Potter's the top one, 
I only picked a couple of the ones that I knew to list, but yes, <laughs> like Goosebumps, Berenstain oh. Bears, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Nancy Drew, Babysitter's Club are a couple okay. that are above it. Huh. All kids books. Yeah. Because <laughs> I imagine like of series, try and yeah. think of series that have like a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I went to like fantasy. Do you know what's 15th on the list? <laughs> one below Twilight? Oh. Uh, oh, oh, it's one Hannah is, hates. Is it? Is it Divergent? Mm-mm. Oh, it's definitely not one Hannah hates. <laughs> Wait, is it one Hannah loves? It's one Hannah loves. <laughs> is it Star Wars? <laughs> it's Star Wars! <laughs> oh! <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, yeah. There's a lot of books that are Star Wars books. <laughs> yeah. But still, one below Twilight. That's uh. upsetting. I'm going to go buy a bunch of Star Wars books. <laughs> yeah. Go buy a bunch of books. As a fun fact, on the UK 100 best-selling books of all time list, it is 12th down instead of 14th. And it's only below Harry Potter, the two Dan Brown books, Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code. <laughs> and ironically, it's... <laughs> It's below Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. That's U- hilarious. Man, I've been on Book Talk long enough now to realize that I had no idea how overwhelmingly horny the majority of readers are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like a horny reader, so it didn't really occur to me. But now that I've seen more of the world, yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I'm an in-between on that for sure. Like, I like my horny books, but I also like non-horny books. But, like, the whole raunchy romance and smut side of books is intense. And I think it's a lot. Wait, Sophie, is this one of your questions? Like, what's the top grossing genre in books? No. Whatever? Okay, because I'm pretty sure I saw something on this the other day. It's romance. Oh, wow. Romance authors just like pump those books out like crazy and like yeah. women eat them up. Ladies be horny. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that like Fifty Shades of Grey and Da Vinci Code are like next to each other on the UK. <laughs> Is Da Vinci Code time. also horny? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like the Da Vinci Code uh... is like. I don't know. That was like my pretentious book when I was in high school. Cause I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> look at me. I read Da Vinci Code. I'm so fucking smart. I'm not like other girls. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I meant me also. I also yes. read those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't, but I had other pretentious books. Yeah. I didn't read Dan Brown cause he was too popular. That's and fair. as mentioned, I'm a disgusting hipster. <laughs> Wait, why would Da Vinci Code be right there with <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey, though? Because, like, that is two very different demographics. One's white men, one's white women. Well, those are actually pretty similar demographics. Yeah, that's exactly. true, actually. <laughs> yeah, what am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed I missed the joke. <laughs> oh, I mostly just meant it in the fact that, like, if I said, what is the number one best-selling book of all time in the UK? And I said Da Vinci Code, you would not be surprised. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right? that's, and that's so, true. But also if I was like Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> you're like, I wish I wasn't surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was surprised. That would be a really it's interesting fine. book to uh, listen to somebody else do a podcast about and like how it became the phenomenon yeah. that it was. But I don't want to do it. Yeah. No. Me neither. We're certainly not going to read that one. <laughs> oh, God. Absolutely not. 
Okay, back into the game. Yes. Yeah. A non-number question. Oh, good. Since Harry Potter, like, absolutely blew Twilight out of the water in every conceivable way, what Twilight book in the series do you think finally got above a Harry Potter book? Eclipse? Eclipse is the best one. I think it was Twilight still. I think it was the first one. Because, like... I feel like the hype got everyone. So like everyone went out and bought the first one, but maybe didn't necessarily go into the whole series. I'm I'm guessing Twilight. My first guess would be Eclipse, but a close second was Breaking Dawn because yeah, what the f- was Breaking Dawn? The the worst. Either yes. way, uh, it's not New Moon. <laughs> no. Yeah, great point. <laughs> I realized I could be wrong because I think it's Eclipse. But I realize now it just said Eclipse came out and got the Twilight series above Harry Potter. So (laughs) it could have been the book Twilight that was actually above, uh, I guess it was the series, but it was Eclipse. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huzzah! Wow. And because of that, what year do you think Twilight was the best-selling series of the year? 2008. Yeah. 2008. Which also yeah, all yeah, that the movie and eclipse, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the two together. <laughs> we got that one down. Yeah, hell's yeah. So high five. Do you have a guess on how many weeks? <laughs> Good job, guys. How many weeks total do you think the series has spent on the bestseller list? <laughs> oh. And how many are the bestsellers? Is it like top 10, top 100? Oh, that's a great question. Okay, we'll just skip that part. We don't need that data for this. Yeah. (laughs) How many weeks? How many weeks? Yes, how many weeks? 200? A little less than 200? That would be like three or four years, but that feels like it could be true. 199. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the series as a whole has spent 235 weeks. Wow. Damn. That was a pretty good guess. That the New York Times guess. bestseller list for children's series books. Okay. Oh, no. Children. 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 Yep. yep. Children. All your children out there, go read Breaking Dawn. It's perfectly yeah. appropriate for you. Children. <laughs> yep. When. When there's when there's dick venom. <laughs> I mean, they don't talk about the dick venom until Breaking Dawn. Oh my! Breaking God. Dawn is not. I mean, I guess it is a teen book, but can I just remind you that Sarah J. Mass is also a teen book? Yeah, I thought oh. like Akatar was like new adult, but I don't actually know. It it is it is technically new adults, but. When I finished A Court of Silver Flames, I checked where it was in chapters mm-hmm. on their website because I needed to know it was far away from the children's section. Yeah. yeah. And it's apparently shelved in fantasy. Okay. Yeah, I think fantasy, they so. moved the entire series over with the release of Silver <laughs> Flames because of mm-hmm. how sexual Silver Flames was. So they couldn't have oh, the God. series in YA anymore because it led to that. So they moved the entire series over to fantasy adult. 
Like, quite honestly, the sex part is not the part that I actually would be like, this needs to go in adult fantasy. I it's agree. It's the, like, mental health journey. A hundred percent, yeah. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Also the sex. but Also the sex. Dang. <laughs> I was gonna say, I've only read two of them, and I've heard it just increases exponentially. And the second one was already very horny. Yeah. <laughs> the third one was, like weirdly not horny for how horny it was what does that mean (laughs) that's actually a really good way of putting it yeah yeah what that makes no sense you'll understand when you read it (laughs) okay back on track yeah i have one final question okay uh and it's one that's gonna make all of us angry oh no how many copies do you think Midnight Sun sold oh, in no. its first week? Oh. Well, see, at least in the first week, nobody would have known how bad it was. Yeah. And that includes pre-orders too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did I? I think I pre-ordered it technically, which is embarrassing. Uh-huh. Me too. I did. It, wait, you is it number sure of did. copies <laughs> or is it amount dollar wise? It was number of copies. Yes. Okay. Number of copies. Um... <sighs> 15,000 based on absolutely nothing. Uh, You're both extremely wrong. It was 1 million copies. No, no, (gasps) I refuse. (laughs) 1 million? In the first week. Oh, and I contributed to that. For context, Breaking Dawn, the first day sales was 1.3 million. Man, I also contributed to that. I was in line for that book for so long, and I went to. I wore my Edward marrying shirt, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and to Bella's wedding. (laughs) Yes, yes, Hannah. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Oh my god, that got me. Wow, I hate that. Apologies to the other million people out there who read this book. I mean, a lot of people liked it. What's its rating? It's pretty high. <laughs> uh, no, it only has a 3.73 on Goodreads. Oh, good. Yeah. It's a better or Great. worse than Twilight? Let's see. Twilight has 3.61. It's better! Oh. People! No. To be fair, though, I think a lot of people read, quote-unquote, Twilight just so they could rate it poorly, because that's, yeah. like, the thing you do. Yeah. But still... Yeah, also Twilight's been out for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Midnight Sun's been out for one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the only people... Oh, yeah, by the time this comes out, it'll be, like, bang on one year, actually. Yeah, I that's think. wild. Wow! Wow! We're... Wait. Listen, it's a... We mentioned this last episode. <laughs> it's, like, field season in our field of work. And people are moving and, like, stuff is happening. So we're recording this episode over a month in advance because this is when we all are on land. (laughs) Realistically, it was our mistake for deciding to do a podcast in which we all have the same field season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think my field season is going to be different. I think my field season's the fall. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, Yeah, so happy anniversary to Midnight Sun. I'm so sorry to everybody else who has read this book in the last year. I'm so sorry for romanticizing Edward and Bella's relationship. As somebody who is in a loving relationship now, don't <laughs> don't aspire for Twilight. Just don't. As someone who is single as f- 
also don't aspire to this. Being yeah. alone is better than <laughs> being with Edward. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So in my looking up of all these things, I found <laughs> a interview in which Stephanie Meyer says that with the success of Midnight Sun, she has two more uh, books in the Twilight universe planned. And I think there's rumors that one is Jacob and Renesmee, but she didn't yeah. confirm that in okay. the interview. So maybe that one's fallen by the wayside. I don't know. Yeah. But that's the if rumor you guys, Yeah. If you guys could pick two books oh. in mm-hmm. the Twilight series to be written, what would you want them to be about? Alice and Jasper doing literally anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From That's Alice's one. point of view, specifically. I think that would be really interesting. I want Rosalie's story. That would I also want... be very good. Oh, dang. Yeah. I want her, like, turning into a vampire story and, like, finding Emmett and, like, her... I'm a, I like to feel pain apparently, um, which Same, is why bro. I think I like Akatar so much because the <laughs> mental health uh, struggles are like, oh, they hit me real hard, and I feel like uh, Rosalie's book would be like, mm, just like full of that. <laughs> and I don't know, I just like, <laughs> I, just, I just her character. I know she's a raging bitch and like not super empathetic and like whatever to bella but i i think her her origin story would be a good book and i feel like it would help a lot of people understand her character a little bit more so so here's the only qualm i have with that yeah i don't trust stephanie meyer to do it that's that is a fair (laughs) point that is a very fair point if sarah j mass did it she'd do it beautifully (laughs) Yeah, if Sarah J. Mass did it, it would be yeah. a very good book, I imagine. But yeah. I don't think Stephanie Meyer... I don't think she could pull it off. I, I don't think she's shown the skill to write um, like sympathetic, complex female characters no. who aren't good people. Yeah, I agree. I fully I mean, agree host. with you on that. Yeah, but both um, Mel and Wanda were ultimately like good people, right? Yeah, true. Like Wanda's yeah. whole thing was that she was perfectly good and didn't have the capacity to be anything else despite literally being a mind-altering parasite (laughs) it's a good point yeah i was gonna say i wanted a book that just like encompassed the cullens from carlisle to before bella Mm. yeah that would be good too which is sort of what you guys said also like clearly we're all interested in like i want to know more about the vampire dynamics and like yeah how they came together as a family yeah i, I yeah. think that would be i would love that i literally give zero shits about what happened after breaking dawn because in my brain breaking dawn was just so bad that like the series ends at eclipse for me <laughs> i'm just like yeah. <laughs> Breaking Dawn does not exist. I want a new Breaking Dawn is what yeah. I want. Yeah. Yes. Breaking Dawn from Edward's point of view. No. <laughs> no. Can you imagine how absolutely I, not? I no, I can I am ne- no, I cannot imagine reading that chapter where they figure out that Bella is pregnant from uh, Edward's point of view. It oh would God. be pages. My vagina pages. just like shriveled up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now uh, team dry there I'm so dry (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, uh, speaking of oh. books that I would like to read but don't trust Stephanie Meyer to do, The yeah. Wolf Pack. I think yeah. like post Breaking. I was gonna even. say that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's Leah's but deal? Not She's... including Renesmee. Yeah. Like, I want like Leah and Seth to go off and like form their own pack without Jacob, and I just want to hear about Leah Clearwater, who, if I remember correctly, yeah. is the only ever female werewolf. And, like, yeah. what's up with that? That's yeah. As like a grown yeah. up who, or is more aware of like. <laughs> gender than I was when I was 16 mm-hmm. like is that <laughs> something in there like oh yeah. I don't know like maybe she's trans and hasn't come to terms with it yet maybe she's like intersex or something and that's why she was able to change into a werewolf despite yeah people perceiving her as female like that could be oh it could God. be really interesting but I don't want Stephanie Meyer to do it and I don't want me to do it either <laughs> That's what, like, I was literally just gonna no. say. I was like, Stephanie Meyer could not no. ever, no, pull ever, no, that off. No, Twilight books. Yeah. Did she say like which ones she was thinking of, or did she just allude to the fact that there were two? The article I read just alluded to two. She mm. said, like, I have written one chapter of one of them, but I'm not writing them right now. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, you know what she should be writing. Book two, two of the host. <laughs> oh, Wasn't yeah. that supposed to be a trilogy? <laughs> what happened to that? I think it was like the host, the seeker, and the soul. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Or like she said she was oh. thinking about it or something like that. And then obviously it never happened. Imagine like writing a series as popular as Twilight and then trying to write something else and ever and it like comparatively does terribly because nothing is ever gonna be as good as Twilight if you yeah. wrote Twilight. Yeah. yeah. And just being like, well, I can't keep writing this one because it's garbage. It's like, no, it's not garbage. It's just like a normal book. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like so much better than Twilight. Yeah. So the other thing I, because I was interested while I was looking all this up is like, A, it's one thing to be like, what are the numbers (laughs) after Mm -hmm. this Twilight? You and your Twilight math. (laughs) Uh, Never again. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. Don't say that. But I was also... I was like, you know what? I might as well just read a couple of like think pieces post Twilight to be like, <laughs> oh, let me God. get into the mindset. Okay. But I found like a couple interesting ones that sort of described like the fallout of Twilight because we talked about it a little bit at the, be- the beginning of the show, like, well, the prologue episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where like Twilight was such an event. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I think both of you guys mentioned that you changed reading habits after reading Twilight. Oh, yeah. Right? I for sure I did. did. Oh, I did. Okay. You, like, read a lot more vampire series after, right, Sam? I read every single vampire series <laughs> that was released between 2008 and 2010. Dang. Dang. You read Vampire Diaries, right? No, I didn't oh, because I watched okay. the show. Okay, well, yeah. maybe it's true in the show too then. Okay. Because one of the things that they mentioned is that like while Twilight started a bunch of things, like the love triangle was revisited a billion times after mm-hmm. Twilight. Yeah. And sort of kickstarted a new craze into supernatural yep. stuff. But like a lot of things that Twilight did media that came immediately after tried to not do or do the opposite of oh oh yeah in the vampire diaries 
do you find the characters like opposite to what the twilight characters were like specifically bella or yeah the female characters were definitely better in the vampire diaries tv show but the entire basis of that tv show is a love triangle right so yeah the the idea was like they tried to pick the things that twilight was good at yeah and then go completely opposite on the other things Mm. yeah i don't know i know the vampire diary books from what I read, are very different from the show. And I know the show gets criticism for the main character, Elena, but I don't know. I personally think the female characters in Vampire Diaries were good. Caroline Forbes and Bonnie Bennett, both fantastic characters. Like, by the end of it, I was like, I don't give a shit about Elena. Like, I just want to watch the show with Caroline and Bonnie. So I guess with that respect, <laughs> it did better, but it still definitely played on a lot of the tropes that made YA media successful in the late 2000s. Yeah, because one of the things they mentioned was like, before Twilight, there's a scene in Buffy where oh, yeah. she wakes up at one point and Angel is sitting in her at her window. <laughs> and like that aired before twilight and then twilight caused this whole like oh my god you can't just be in her room (laughs) yeah and people like re and people like revisited this buffy episode and were like that's not okay Mm -hmm. so for all that twilight you know it was like no this can't happen it made a lot of people realize it can't happen (laughs) yeah maybe i guess yeah Yeah, it's interesting having read Twilight at, like, the age we did and at the time that it came out. Because I don't necessarily remember how YA was different before Twilight than it is now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like, I know from something that big, you don't have something that's such a massive cultural phenomenon without it changing the landscape of the part of the culture in which it originates, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely don't remember reading many love triangles before Twilight, but I was also like 16 when I read Twilight and not yeah. at all interested in romance. Yeah. So yeah. I, I still stand by what I said in either episode one or the prologue that the love triangle in the Hunger Games would not have been a yes. part of that series if it were not yeah. for Twilight. That was 100% yeah, an editor's like, oh, you need to put a love triangle in this so <laughs> people will like be more invested in it. I stand by it. I don't even think Katniss should have ended up with either of them. No. <laughs> Anyways. Wow, same as Twilight. Feelings. Yes. The Hunger Games is a whole other discussion. Yeah, yeah, but like Hunger Games in every way feels a little bit like a complete response to Twilight. Yeah, yeah. in like the main characters, the plot, like the political mm-hmm. and yeah. awareness and message. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we be as different from Twilight yeah. as possible? Yeah, but also have a love triangle. Yes, but also like. The Hunger Games had its own YA revolution, sort of. Yeah. In its sense, it created yeah. the dystopian genre, basically, right? Y- yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like you had this spin. So you had Twilight, which created vampires, and all you had for two years was vampires. And then all of a sudden, Hunger Games made the shift, and then it was all dystopian for like God knows how long. And then yeah. now it's kind of balanced out where you kind of get everything. 
But I think both those series had their critical shifts in the YA genre at that time. Yeah. yeah. One of the other fallouts of Twilight that Hunger Games benefited from, the perennial favorite, Team X or Team Y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that started with Twilight. It did. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And now it's like a sports team now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They cracked it. <laughs> How to do sports, but for teen girls. Yes. Like, it's still a thing, right? Yeah. Are you Team Mel or Team Darkling? It's uh. like one of the ones I keep seeing all over the place, which is buck wild. <laughs> also, oh, if God. I had to pick one, You're I'd in the pick wrong Team Nikolai. The <laughs> it, it's on uh, Book Talk. Nikolai. Nikolai. Nikolai is the only likable male character in Shadow and Bone. Yeah. I feel like Shadow and Bone must be the current YA juggernaut. It's got, like, sort of a love triangle. Yeah. It has, like, a kind of bland female lead who is, like, a little bit sassy, but, like, not for a really good reason. And she's, like, the reluctant hero. And it's super popular and not actually that good. But Shadow and Bone has been out for years. Yeah, it's having a, a moment with it's the a TV weird show. surge. It is weird. I can't explain it. Yeah, that one was a sleeper. Like, it took a little while to get everyone's attention. Yeah, it feels like there was some weird marketing campaign there must have push been. recently. Maybe when they started the TV show in production, they started like pushing for the show. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I don't even know. One of the other interesting fallouts that I hadn't really heard of, other than the one book, was that there was a whole new publishing genre after Twilight of the pull to publishing fan fiction. Oh. It's called pull to publishing or filing off the serial numbers. Okay. Which is the what 50 Shades did, right? Where oh. it's it started as a Twilight fan fiction. Right. And then she just removed any Twilight references yeah. and published it. Yeah. Which apparently like what is a whole thing. Like there's an entire yeah. publishing house built up by a Twilight fandom. Oh, that is now a legit publishing house. (laughs) Well, wasn't Cassandra Clare's first book was a Harry Potter fan fiction that she reskinned, right? It was. We don't need to go into more detail about what kind of Harry Potter fan fiction it was. I don't want to because I still really (laughs) like the Shadowhunter Chronicles as much as it pains me to know the origins of it. It's fine. Um, Oh, no. It's fine. I don't know what it is. Oh, you don't? I need to know now. Sam. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, so um, City of Bones uh, was originally a Ron and uh, Jenny fanfic. No! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I knew it was going to be that because that's why I hated I yeah. couldn't read it because it yeah. was almost siblings. Uh, yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, so. it's a big problem. The very last thing I wanted to say about the fallout of the Twilight fandom is that there's like this entire generation of people who either were like super fans of Twilight or mm-hmm. just were in that era who like I think because, you know, everyone loves to shit on stuff that teen girls like. Yeah. That they like maybe Sam could speak to this, just like constantly had to defend it to other people. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. 
that now like there's so many people who are just absolutely unapologetic about enjoying YA and romance, right? Like oh, yeah. I would say 10 years ago it was super like you could not talk about how you read romance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that you read YA as an adult like oh yeah. no, god forbid. But now like people are just being like yeah, I read romance. Yeah, I read YA. Yeah. <laughs> Fight me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I was in like undergrad and I was dating people, I would not bring up that I liked reading, that I liked Twilight. Like I literally would try to hide the fact that like I was a Twilighter, quote unquote. Now you can definitely be like a lot more open about it. This might be completely off the mark, but especially in the last like 15 years, the world has gone so much to (laughs) that I don't really have the energy to be super judgy about like what kind of books people read anymore yeah (laughs) it's like uh there are bigger things to worry about like oh you like Twilight that's fine but like do you feel the need to put a single onion in a produce bag because that's a bigger issue yeah yeah exactly the world has gone to I have read so many more romance novels this year than I have in any previous year and it's 100% just because, like, romance is just so easy. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you're getting into. You know that there's going to be, like, an emotional growth. There's yeah. going to be a struggle at some point, And then there's going to be a happy ending. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's just exactly what I needed this year to read a lot of romance novels. And I did. <laughs> I love romance books. So I love good. YA books. I love fantasy books. And I love sci-fi books. Wow. No, no judgment. I'm starting to realize I don't think I like YA books. <laughs> yeah, I'm That's having fair. the same realization. That's fair. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, actually. they're just kind of all over the place. Also, I don't like reading about 16-year-olds. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the one that's been getting me. I think I am more okay with like YA fantasy than I am with contemporary. Like oh, I've recently yeah. read a couple of like YA contemporaries. I'll talk about one at the end of this. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other one I read recently was You Should See Me in a Crown. Oh, I read that. I didn't like it, but it's not because of an issue with the book. It's because I was, I'm way too old for giving a single shit about what happens at prom. (laughs) No, that's how I felt reading it too. I was just like, this is a good book, but like, I will never read it again. But I don't feel like it deserves a lower rating because there are so many people or young teens out there who need this book but I am yeah. 100% not the target audience for this book. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all, but I was yeah. like, like this would be great if I was 10 years younger, Yeah, especially if like it's about a bisexual black girl. So I'm like, if I was one of those populations yeah. who are like super underrepresented in yeah. popular YA literature, right? Yeah. I think it's super important for underrepresented groups to get to have those like, super cliche predictable like kind of boring high school romance books mm-hmm. because everybody deserves to have those yeah. it's just i don't want any of them regardless yeah. of who the protagonist is at this point i think we're getting too old for ya you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm turning 30 in september and i uh. think that's when i have to <laughs> hand in the towel <laughs> 
I'll read them for the podcast, but I think I'm not allowed to like reading about 16 year olds for sure once I'm 30. Yeah. Yeah. It just <laughs> starts to get a little unrelatable when you're old. Weird. Yeah. But with that in mind, the thing I really wanted to talk about today is how Midnight Sun could have been good. <laughs> so I want to talk about mm-hmm. how we, three people who are not the target demographic for YA, mm-hmm. but are the target <laughs> demographic for uh, anything reemerging from Twilight. Midnight Sun was bad. I think we can fix it. I don't. I don't think anyone can <laughs> oh, fix boy. it because Edward is the worst. Yeah, but Edward doesn't have to be the worst. But he's the worst in Twilight. So how would we fix that? We'd have to rewrite the whole story. I think the main issue or the main thing we could do with that is making him more self-aware and like more empathetic. Or I guess like taking it all the way in the other direction, having it be like he's having like vampire instincts that he's having a really difficult time controlling and not justifying it. And that he's like, he has to be in his room because he's protecting her or whatever, but like have it be a very like, not to be too Sarah J Mass about this, but have it be like very kind of a feral thing where it's like, yeah. I feel like I need to be here or like I'm going to burn or something like that. I know this is irrational. I need to be here because like if he- I'm meeting Bond or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like if he, you know, blacks out for a second and suddenly he's in Bella's room, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like he tries to stay away. But he'll just, like, find himself when he's not paying attention. He'll be, like, at Bella's house. Yeah. Really lean into that In, like, a very creepy way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think... I honestly think it would have been better if... I I mentioned this at one point. If we got, like, a harder crash for Edward at the end. Yeah. Like, it almost would have been better to see Edward fall farther at the end of Midnight Sun to lead into New Moon. Right. Because in Midnight Sun, he basically just like vacillates. And then there's like four pages where he's like, actually, maybe we can be happy. And then he goes right back into being like, no, we can't. Yeah. So if we'd had like a longer stretch in the book where he was like, you know, planning for the future, like actually... Mm-hmm you know, being happy, then the end would have been so much more impactful and would have made me believe New Moon more. Yeah. Yeah. Basically a higher high and then a lower low would yeah. have made it way yeah. more interesting. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, like if there had been a point, I guess, more with like the meadow scene and that whole period where he kind of flips and does the like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, I don't care if it's not good for her. Like, we both want this. We're going to make it work. I've never felt this way before. This is amazing. I'm going to figure out anything. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep this feeling. Mm -hmm. And then have that going into even, like, all the way up to the ballet studio. Like, even while they're chasing James, I'm going to eliminate this threat and then we can be together and it'll be fine and like have that kind of delusion going until he gets in there and finds out that she's been bitten and then has to make that decision on the spot of like, what do I do now? I think that could have been really interesting. Yeah, Definitely a lot more emotionally impactful for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. And to build up like why Edward, like to a lot of things just had to be clearer up front, say why Edward doesn't want Bella to be a vampire. Like there needs, Mm -hmm. it needs to be clearer. Everything needs to be clearer. (laughs) Yeah. 
and then also just less of <laughs> less of Edward being in Edward's head and more of Edward observing what's happening around him would have been nice yeah. mm-hmm. on like a structural level like you spend so much time just in Edward's head and he's not paying attention to what's going on he's not thinking about anybody but himself or Bella and that's all it is and it's just rehashing the like same few issues over and over again and like we talked about throughout this podcast the parts where we get out of Edward's head are the best like the parts where he's engaging with his family Mm -hmm. the like action scenes where they're driving really fast on the highway or (laughs) chasing James through the woods where Edward has something to focus on that isn't just his own self-deprecation and how much he loves Bella more than she loves him. <laughs> Including more outside of Edward would have could have actually made this a very good book. Yup. Edward. Ugh. I hate that guy. I He's really just the worst. hate it. Yeah, honestly, I don't. I think, one, the book should have been about 200 pages shorter than it was. Yep. The hobo spider will forever live in my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, in Bella's room. And in yeah. Bella's room. And, um, yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. You know what would have made the book so much better? What? I was, right up until the end, I was holding out for Stephanie Meyer to actually pull a fast one on us, and yeah. Bella gets turned into a vampire at the end of Midnight Sun. That's what so, I like, wanted! I wanted that so badly. So badly. Oh yeah. my god. That just been, been like, psych! <laughs> it would have been so good. It would have been. Yeah. Uh, people love new timelines. Like, she could have written, she could have been like, and f*** it, Bella's a vampire now. Now what? <laughs> I'm going to write four more books. Exactly. You know what else she could have done even like to preserve the timeline that she has and also to tie in with the movies. She could have done a Breaking Dawn the movie part two in Midnight Sun where you get like three chapters or so yeah. of they don't get to Bella in time. She gets turned oh, into a vampire. Edward has to like watch her suffer and struggle and then like come to terms with the fact that she's a newborn vampire now and like they're in Dantan Phoenix. Maybe she has a harder time like controlling the bloodlust or whatever. Uh, And then you realize that it's Alice's vision that like she is having and showing to Edward like as he arrives in Phoenix to go save Bella. Oh damn. See, like that would have kept me interested. Because then I would have been like, wait, what the fuck? What are you doing, Stephanie Meyer? Like that would have kept me invested. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, like you even though they did it to us in Breaking Dawn, and yeah. if you're reading Midnight Sun, chances are you've probably it. seen the Breaking Dawn movies. I would have fallen for it too. I would have been yep. like, oh my God, what is she doing? Yep. Did she change the story? Like, where yep. is this going? Yeah. <sighs> it could have been quite the uh, bait and switch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I take it back. That would have, yeah, that could have improved it. Yep. It still wouldn't be worth the first 400 pages of Edward. Yeah. But, like, I probably would have given it a higher rating if it had ended on, like, a stronger, mm-hmm. shocking note like that. Yeah. If Stephanie Meyer had ended the book with Bella actually turning into a vampire, I might have rated it, like, four stars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Would have been worth it. for The rest of the book could have been the same. Yeah. But I would have been like, what a power move. I'm here for it. Yeah. I f***ing love this. Yeah. Amazing. I would. Yeah, same. So other than Edward uh, just being the worst, is that like the crux of the issue that she didn't take any risks? 
and writing Midnight Sun. It's just like exactly what you think it's going to be. There's no twists, no turns. There's like a few little things about Charlie and Renee's mental voices and a few like tiny little details like that that are added in. But other than that, there is absolutely no part of this that you can't predict. Yeah. And I mean, like, I would blame the fans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, I'm sure she felt like she couldn't add new content, right? Like, I'm sure everyone was screaming, like, I want exactly Twilight, but from Edward's perspective. And so she's like, well, the interview I read, she was like, I'm not writing anymore from Edward's perspective because Twilight was, like, writing between prison bars. (laughs) <laughs> and it's yeah. like yeah yeah <laughs> like i believe that like, it would suck to have to revisit a book you wrote 10 years ago and rewrite the exact same book yeah <laughs> yeah i still yeah. think she sh- just should have not done that and like yeah followed the same general story but given us those extra scenes like given us different dialogue or like different parts of the conversation i know we've said this before even in the same episode yeah, but, like gosh. imagine imagine a Midnight Sun that started when Edward was turned into a vampire, Ooh. and Twilight was like four chapters of it. Ooh, or even yes. like started when the Cullens moved to Forks. Yeah, and like you have a couple chapters really establishing yes. the family like as it is before Bella arrives. Yeah, and like how Damn. Edward, because like you get a lot of hearing about how Edward has been. It's a lot of telling you, like, oh, Edward has always been sad. Edward has always been distant. Edward has always, like, seemed kind of aloof. Esme has always wished that, like, Edward had somebody who loved him the same way she loves Carlisle. The whole thing with writing that they tell you when you're, like, just trying to learn how to write (laughs) is you show, don't tell. And all she does in this book is tell and not show. Yeah. See, this is why both of you are like the writers on this podcast and I'm not because literally both of you just like saved that book in like very feasible ways that I would have been like yes I will read that whereas I'm just here like no there's nothing that could fix this nothing (laughs) Sophie and I are going to rewrite this book and Sam is going to be our test audience to make sure we actually did it right yeah (laughs) the real thing is that this is why Hannah and I have like (laughs) 10,000 story ideas and no finished books yeah (laughs) i just abandoned the one i was working on to start a new one (laughs) yep (laughs) who has the time yeah definitely anyway i think that about wraps it up right yeah i mean we've said a lot (laughs) that's a lot yeah we've talked enough about these books except for what we're doing next time (laughs) yes which is gonna be very fun (laughs) yes And then after that, yeah, we got some other stuff coming up. So stay tuned because the podcast isn't ending. We're just changing the cover art. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, normally at this point, we say what we think is going to happen next. And we can't say that because it's a surprise for next time. But Mm -hmm. after that, we talk about what books we're reading. (laughs) So as I said, I finally finished or caught up, I guess, since it's not done yet. But I caught up on the... Uh, Sarah J. Mass, A Court of Thorns and Roses series. I had read A Court of Mist and Fury like so long ago, and then I just never read the next book. So I read the third and fourth book this week, and I really liked A Court of Silver Flames, and not 
because of all the horny bits. <laughs> it was a really good book. <laughs> you, it, I was like live texting uh, through a lot of it. The first half was a lot. There were just a lot of sex scenes in the first half of the book. Yeah, you and, made me very concerned. I don't know. Uh. I yeah, warned and, you both. Oh my god. <laughs> Sam warned me and I went into it way too cavalier. Like, oh. I, had to, I had to put the book down at a couple of points being like, it's daylight. I can't in <laughs> the daylight. Oh, People can see me. Yeah. But I like the end of the book kind of blew me away. Like it's yeah. a really good series. I am firmly on the train that Sarah J. Mass is an excellent author for teen girls to read. Yeah. <laughs> and me, I guess. It's so horny though. <laughs> well, okay, but Throne of Glass is the one I mostly think they should read first. Yeah. And then when they're done it and they're like a little bit older, yeah. like sixteen okay. or seventeen, yeah. then they can read <laughs> Gotcha. Yes. The other ones. I agree with that. Listen, everyone asks for consent all the time. So, like, realistically, and that's then, all I can ask for for a book that teens can read with sex in it. That's fair. It's got consent, but it also shows that girls can like sex and it's okay. Yeah. You know? It's a lot of positivity. Yeah. yeah. Unlike certain other books we've read <laughs> sarah j mass does an excellent job of characterizing female characters oh so good they're great anyway they're so that's good. what i read this week what about you guys <laughs> i don't even know how to respond to this because like by the time this comes out uh, yeah it's like but what i'm reading right now is like the same thing i was reading in the I guess the June and July episodes. Um, I'm still reading Words of Radiance by Brandon Sanderson. I'm still reading Hail Mary by Project Hail Mary <laughs> by Weir. This is June and I'm still reading Savage Song by Victoria Schwab. So if if I'm being realistic by the time this comes out, I'm hoping to be reading something off my pirate TBR. So maybe I'll be reading The Pirate's King's Daughter or Lies of Lock. Is it Lies of Lock Lamora? Oh my yeah. god. I'm oh my so god. excited. Oh my god. So, I hope you, for you like to read it. that book. <laughs> yeah, so I don't really have anything new to say per se. I'll just say Words of Radiance is so fing good. And like Brandon Sanderson is just great, but his books are so fing long. <laughs> <laughs> you know what other book you could be reading, Sam? Is what? our uh Midlight Book Club book for August. Oh, that's true. <laughs> We're recording this in June, but it's coming out in August. True. And our August uh, <laughs> our August book of the month is Foundryside by Robert Jackson Bennett. It's the first book in a fantasy trilogy, which we are all fans of fantasy trilogies. Yeah. So looking forward to that. We gotta stop book clubbing first books of series. We really do. Yeah. We really do. <laughs> it's yeah. such a problem. It's a big problem. So I I finished the book I was reading this morning, an ebook. It was Camp by Elsie Rosen. And it is a YA contemporary about a 16-year-old boy going to queer camp. And he has reinvented himself in a more masculine light to try to get the attention of the boy of his dreams who also goes to camp. Similar to You Mm -hmm. Should See Me in a Crown, which I was talking about earlier, it's definitely not for me. Um, I think this is probably going to be a good book for queer teenagers. But the whole, like the 
first three quarters of it are just the main character getting like deeper and deeper into the lives of this character he's invented to try to attract this boy. Oh god. And it's so uncomfortable to read. Like the ending is really cute and it has a really good message about like how important it is especially for like queer youth who are often kind of suppressed in their identities how important it is to be yourself but also to make sure you're doing that in a way and in a place that is safe for your specific circumstances so I think that's really important I could not read this book again it was very difficult for me to get past the constant piling and piling and piling on of the story that the main character invented to get a boyfriend. Yeah. Yes. It was cute. I also haven't read this yet, but in the spirit of Goodreads, I won a Goodreads giveaway for the Maker's Field Guide by Christopher Armstrong, which is like supposed to be basically the how-to manual to build anything you want with commonly available tools and shops. Thanks for sending me that. That's awesome. Yeah, I was so stoked. If you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis and you're curious to see what we're going to be doing next, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And as Sophie mentioned, keep an eye out for our new cover art. It's really good. (laughs) (laughs) i'm a big fan i i spent so many seconds (laughs) and in the words of hannah in her goodreads review of midnight sun reading this actually makes twilight worse I mean, I'm uh, right. <laughs> you are yeah. very right. So I'm true. Uh, oh, I hate Edward Cullen so much. Edward wow. Cullen. F- Edward Cullen. <laughs>